it's time for our Encounter with God section, which is where we study the Bible here this morning, and you guys can all join it, join in with us. Around the world, there are like, I don't know, 20 million? Is that what we've decided? 20, 20. million. <laughs> I just forgot. I was like, I say this every day, and I can't it's remember. 20 million, yes. <laughs> uh, they were all looking at the same passage. As we just said in our interview of the day with Rochelle, sometimes um, Bible studying with people can just be really helpful for us to gain our own Bible knowledge and to understand and nut things out a little bit together. Um, when we have some questions. And I know when I read the Bible, I often have a lot of questions. Mm. <laughs> it's yep. pretty standard if More I'm reading those questions. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I think that that's okay too. You know, God knows. God knows we have questions. And I think I think it's a good thing when we have them. Yeah, it's good to be constantly seeking. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. It really puts us, I'll, I'll say, it, I'll just add a yeah, little please do. A tangent. It puts you in a position where you're constantly like humbled. Mm. And you realize I don't know everything. I, <laughs> I need to learn. I'm here. And when you're when you're in a position of learning, um, I think that's a position. Of, that's a humble posture to have. Mm. So, oh, yes. absolutely. And every time I read the Bible, um, you know, it almost doesn't matter what I'm reading. It's um, it almost always feels new to me. Like even mm. if it's a passage I've read before, if I really, really take the time to sit with it, mm. um, there'll always be something new comes out. Or it could just be that a verse impacts me in a different way. It might be like, oh, you've seen it before, but now it's like yeah. poking at you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one thing to know something and then it's another thing to know something experientially. Yes. So you'll read yes. a passage one day and be like, that's nice. And then you'll go through something and mm-hmm. you remember that passage or you reread that passage and you're like, huh, Yeah. I get it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I um I'm just going to quickly share this story actually because it came to my my mind the other day and I I just kind of forgot about it and it encouraged me so much at the time so story time yeah uh, <laughs> so a couple of years ago it was October the long weekend in New Zealand in 2019 and I was on my way down to see some friends in Wanganui I lived up way up north in Kerikeri Bay of Islands and so that's maybe or oh, probably a 10 hour drive if you're driving straight so I had heaps of time. During this time of my life, I just I just had some things really heavily on my heart, really, really heavily on my heart. And I was so excited to go. And I also was just in this really interesting place. And uh, particularly the last couple of hours before I, I got there, because I wanted to get there Friday and then just oh, was super late, end up just sleeping in my car at the beach, which was awesome. And so I kind of opened, opened Sabbath at the beach. And then I had a couple of hours drive. I was going to go to the church. I used to, I used to attend because I lived in Wanganui. I spent that two hours, you know, just praying and, yeah, just pleading with God that he would just show up in some people's lives. It was just really – I was just really burdened for these these particular people. And I got to church and I was just really like, oh, okay, like I'm stoked to be here but this feels big. And, and I started talking to this guy next to me and I hadn't lived there for, oh, you know, however many months of that, probably 10 months at that point. And I was like, you know, he could have been here or you, I don't know. We started having a chat. And it was amazing the way he started reading the Bible. So the short version was he uh, was arrested for something. Ah, hold on. Nah, you know, I'm going to go full story time. It's the best story. It's such a cool testimony. So hectic, but he had a lot of um, addictions which were very destructive and just other things that were going on in his life. Um, And he had been in trouble with the law a few times and he got to this point where he was like, man, I just – I just want to die. Like, and he, he, he went somewhere for basically a one way trip 
And he was like, the family is better off without me. And it was quite a toxic environment that he was sharing. But anyway, he kind of gets to this point that, yeah, he ends up coming back because he, as he's in this place where he's like, you know, I'm ready to go. He just kind of cries out to this God that he doesn't even believe in, but he just kind of cries out. And so anyway, he comes home and he's like, oh, well, now what am I going to do with my life? And he came to this conclusion. So he tried rehab before. He tried going cold turkey. He tried a whole bunch of different things. He's like, that's not going to work. He came to the conclusion that he reckoned jail would be the answer. He's like, you know what? I think I think that's going to be the place to sort me out. But he's like, okay, well, how long would I need to be there for? Okay, well, three months is going to be too short. This month is going to be too short. Probably doesn't need to be this long. He's going through this whole thing in his head. Wow. And he's also like, but I don't want to be causing innocent people pain so what can I what can I do to get in trouble but not so bad? You know, because he, he really was like, something has to change in my life, but I can't do it. Anyway, he completely forgets about this sort of prayer, sort of thought, whatever. And he, in his words, he said, two weeks later, angels disguised as police officers showed up at my door uh, for some something he'd done, you know, and he ended up. No. Yeah, that he'd forgotten. He'd forgotten about. And anyway, so he goes, he goes to court originally the court says you're going to go to jail for four years. And he was like, oh, well, that seems a bit bit much, but okay. He goes to jail. His first week in there, a man comes up to him who was another uh, inmate and says, hey, do you want some colouring in pencils? He's like, yeah, I want some colouring in pencils. The guy comes, gives it. He's got colouring in pencil, pencils under that packet of tin tams, under that, uh, I can't remember what it was called. It was just a paper leaflet, like, uh, but it was a little booklet, which was just, a Bible verse, and then a really short, almost like a devotional thought. Mm. And then under that, a Bible. He'd never read the Bible in his life. He had only had someone talk to him about God um, a couple of times. Mm. Um, so it really meant nothing to him. Anyway, he starts with this reading the booklet. He reads this one verse. He reads the short thought. After months, he starts to go, wait, wait, that that name, that's that seems to be in the Bible. But he didn't know what the chapters and verses were, right? So he thought it was telling the time. So Romans 8.15, he's like, what's 8.15? So Oh, he thought 8.15. Like, it was like the time. Like, oh. Because yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't know, you yeah. know. He starts to realize, oh, the first number is the big number. Yes. And then the small number is, you know, the little one. So then he starts trying to find in the Bible slowly, slowly, okay, here's the book. Here's the big number. Here's the small number. Read just that verse. Yeah. Then now he reads the verse above. And the verse below. Now he starts reading the chapter. And he just explains, he goes, you know, the Holy Spirit taught me to read the Bible. Wow. And it was amazing listening to. So he, his sentence ended up coming down to two years and one week. And he came out clean from all the stuff. Mm. That Anyway, he was rebuilding his life and stuff. Now, the point of that, I know that this is not exactly what we're talking about in the Bible study. But it, yeah, in my head, it kind of is. It connects all in a way. It all connects. Uh, mm. But there is power in the word of God. Um, because he just talked about, one, the fact that he really saw that he had something that was bigger than he could deal with. Um, wow. I'm not saying that, wow. like, I don't want to be going to jail to, like, have my mm. stuff sorted out. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting that for him that seemed the choice. But that when he got there, when he started, yeah, reading the Bible for himself, and this is kind of the point I'm getting back to that we started on, he said that that's when he started to get to know who God was and his life was just so changed mm. by that, that this is a living word, Yeah, you know? And I think that that's, that's just an area why it's really important. This isn't about I need to have all the answers so I can win the debate against you when we have a difference of opinion. Mm. I think it's important to have an evidence for why I believe what I believe. I think that's so important. And also this is the space where we get to know the God of the Bible. Gotcha. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. powerful. We have access to this. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't, 
man, there's apps on your phone. There's if you have internet, you can get just any kind of version up. If you want a paperback, you know, it's it's possible. Yeah. So I just want to encourage you guys today. Where yeah, we're going to get into our encounter with God section, as I said. Um, but this is one of the reasons that we want to do this Bible study. This isn't about being like, oh, we're Christians, therefore we should. This is we don't want this to be a checklist thing. We don't want you guys, as our listeners, to just feel like. Yeah, if you're not reading your Bible that you're, you know, that God doesn't love you or whatever, because that's not true. Mm. But it's just this is this beautiful space that we're just given the opportunity to just come and know about God and discuss and have our questions and have our hearts changed and have our hearts rebuked sometimes, you know. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Sometimes I'm like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) That was real. That was hurt a little. That was hurt, you know, and and did you see – the story of faith, you know, see these characters and, and what they choose to do when yeah. God comes to them, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think especially being um, someone studying to be a pastor or a chaplain, often you're the one giving the Bible studies. But I'm just so reminded with, with the story that you shared, as well as Rochelle's story, that everyone everyone, everyone can benefit, for, benefit from a Bible study. Yeah. And so if you're ever struggling spiritually or if you just want to grow spiritually, get like get some find someone do some bible studies definitely contact the numbers on the faith fm and uh we'll hook you up you're listening to faith fm positively different radio absolutely on that note let's get into it eh? all righty let's go uh before we read do you want to just say a prayer for us sure thing yes awesome Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you that we can open your word and that you speak to us still today. We Mm. pray that you'll speak to our hearts uh, and that you'll speak to the hearts of the listener today. Uh, We love you so much, Lord. Amen. Man, awesome. So if you guys have been following along with us, if you've been listening regularly or if you're just tuning in, we are currently going through the book of Isaiah. And uh, yesterday we spoke a little bit about King Ahaz. A bit of an interesting story there, but we're going to kind of continue on and, yeah, see the impact, I guess, of, uh, as we said before, what choices people make either moving to or moving away from God. Yes. And, and the pretty significant impact that has. Mm-hmm. So we are reading Isaiah chapter 7, verse 17 to 25. Do you want to read that for us, Renee? Sure can. Okay, so I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And it says, verse 17, Then the Lord will bring things on you, your nation, and your family, unlike anything else since Israel broke away from Judah. He will bring the king of Assyria upon you. In that day, the Lord will whistle for the army of southern Egypt and for the army of Assyria. They will swarm around you like flies and bees. They will come in vast hordes and settle in the fertile lands and also in desolate valleys, caves and thorny places. In that day, the Lord will hire a razor from beyond the Euphrates River, the king of Assyria, and use it to shave off everything, your land, your crops and your people. In that day, a farmer will be fortunate to have a cow and two sheep or goats left. Nevertheless, there will be enough milk for everyone because so few people will be left in the land. Mm. They will eat their their fill of yogurt and honey. In that day, the lush vineyards now worth a thousand pieces of silver will become patches of briars and thorns. The entire land will become a vast expanse of briars and thorns, a hunting ground overrun by wildlife. No one will go to the fertile hillsides where the gardens once grew for briars and thorns will cover them. Cattle, sheep, goats will graze there. Mm. These sound like some consequences that 
some harsh <laughs> this is judgment upon um yeah mm. on judah yeah so what are we seeing is happening with the land it will be uh it's be emptied hey yeah destroyed yeah. you know this is what we see sometimes when you have um yeah people move out and they're not looking after the land that it just kind of gets overrun with mm. what is this saying with briars and thorns and just things taking over um i really actually appreciated how your translation said what did you say that uh, they'll be living off curds and honey and there'll be enough for everyone, but because there'll be so few. Yes. Like that just helps you understand because yeah. it talks about an abundance, mm-hmm. but why is it abundant? Because there's actually not many people you're needing to live off that. Mm. On a side note, I actually love curd and honey. You do? Man, when I went to India, we were eating curd every day. I actually, I tend to oh. not eat dairy. I don't feel great when I do, but when I was in India, we just and so when I came back for a while, I was just oh, munging on just plain, no added anything flavored yogurt i am with you there i love it i love it with fruits yes so good anyway that was a side note yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) but uh so yeah what we see this as a consequence don't we yes um and i want to read this passage uh it's by ellen white uh she's an author we've often given some books away prophets and kings and it says invitation upon invitation was sent to erring israel to return their allegiance to Jehovah. Tender were the pleadings of the prophets, and as they stood before the people, earnestly exhorting to repentance and reformation, their words brought fruit to the glory of God. What does that mean? What do you think that means? I think this is really interesting that the prophets are in such a unique position of yeah, having, having a burden for the people and having the people kind of because you'd imagine, I don't know, but you'd imagine there'd have to be some people who change and some people who turn their hearts to God. Yes, yeah. But it's just as a people we see that it doesn't happen. Yeah. And we know that uh, we kind of see in particularly First and Second Kings and Chronicles and Samuel and all that, mm. sin is never individual consequence and neither is righteousness. And so there's a great responsibility on, say, King Ahaz here in this part of the story where the people have their own decisions to make. Always. Always we have an individual response to what God is calling us to. But you look at how many of the kings, it was like because of this king who did this, the people turn away. Mm. You see that in leadership. Yes. You see the reason why leaders are really important. They have this big responsibility because they have that kind of influence. And yes, you know, there are individuals and there are people, you know, we don't always, you know, do everything our leader says but they do have a big influence on on how we may behave as a there's something called what group mentality yeah <laughs> that's yeah. a thing oh that's real it's, just, it's real um you did say like with that quote that you said i really liked at the end it said their words bore fruit to the glory of god yeah. so here we have prophets who were constantly preaching who were constantly prophesying to israel and judah warning them pleading to them god the voice of god saying please come back to god stop worshiping other gods um because the, when they turn to other gods their morality went down. They began to do things that the other nations would do that God never wanted them to do. Mm. Um, 
And so they would, society would be degraded because of that, because they turned away from God. And so God constantly sending prophets who pleaded earnestly, uh, earnestly, what does she say? Ellen G. White says, earnestly exhorting to repentance and reformation, like Mm. wanting them to change for the better, for themselves, um, for their own society, um, for who they were, you know, um, And it says their words bore fruit of the glory of God. And the glory of God we see here is his constant persistence, chasing after his people, not giving up. Um, And just, yeah, you just see a parent constantly, just, yeah, a parent there that's still getting hurt in the process of still trying to discipline his wayward kids. It's a beautiful picture of the glory of God that, yeah, it's not something that I'm used to seeing. Like when I think of the glory of God, I think of light and I think of beauty. Mm. But the glory of God here is him um, uh, calling after his his children for repentance and mm. reformation. Oh, absolutely. I really love that you draw, drew out those points, actually. And yeah, just kind of maybe continuing on that tangent. So for Ahaz, he's a man of fear rather than of faith. The good news from God was that Syria and Israel would be wiped out, but the bad news for him was that Assyria, who was meant to be his ally and his friend, he'd chosen him to help him. Like he'd gone to the king there and was like, hey, help me out. The king doesn't. And that turns out to be far more dangerous than Syria and Israel had been. Mm. And, um, yeah, I've just got this thing here. It just says, turning by turning down God's freely offered deliverance, mm-hmm. Ahaz was guaranteed defeat. No. If Ahaz thought that his world was falling apart now, things were going to get worse. And just in, in kind of light with what you were saying about the Father's heart who calls you, calls you to repentance so that you can be saved, right? Like, I don't know if you've ever done this or been in this position, but I remember once I was on a train and a bird got stuck inside and it's panicking, right? Like it's just flying into the windows. And, it, you know, you can see it's like a little heart is like beating out of its chest and there was only me and two other passengers at the time and we were both kind of – because it was in there for ages and I don't know, we kind of all simultaneously were kind of just like, we need to help this bird. Just we didn't say anything. And so kind of a bunch of us, you know, we got there and it's just like it's still flying around and going crazy and eventually I think one of us chucked our jumper over the top of it. Mm-hmm. Not to scare it, yeah. but we're like, you keep flying. We're actually trying to help you. Yeah. We're trying hit, to save you. It's hurting itself. Yeah, hugely. And trying I was to like, break out of the train, whereas you guys know that the doors will open and yeah. you will free it. And we can – well, because it, it wasn't free. even – the, the train hasn't even started. We were still at the station, so we could have just oh. walked out. And I was like, this bird is going to knock itself unconscious or dead. Yeah. This thing's going to kill itself. I see. But it won't let us near it to save it. Mm. Anyway, eventually, yeah, we check this thing over, we take it out, and that poor bird – you could just tell it was panicked, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um. And for me, that was just a big object lesson. And I often think of things like that Mm -hmm. when I read these sorts of passages of God being like, you're doing a thing, you're about to knock yourself out. You're going to kill yourself with your behavior and you're going to take out others with you. Like, please let me come deliver you from this. Mm. And as we see with King Ahaz, which we kind of mentioned yesterday, he chooses to be like, no, 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 no. This other guy, they can save me. And then other, like old mate who he wants to save him doesn't. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we do want to thank our listeners for your comments, inputs um, yes. that you have shared with us. Yes, absolutely. We love hearing from you. Uh, so we want to, let's flip over to Psalms. There's a verse in Psalms you want to read. Mm, maybe hold your finger in Ezekiel. I mean, 
in Isaiah, just in case we come back there. Can do. But for a hot minute, we're going to go over to Psalms. Chapter 100. I just started reading Psalms from my devotions, actually. Really? I love Psalms. Are you doing it, like, in order or just one, two, three, four, like, you know, moving through the book in order? Yeah, Psalms yeah, I just go. I don't read the Bible in order, but I read... um. The chapters. I, yeah, the chapters. Gotcha. Um, I mean, I don't think they're actually written chronologically, hey? No, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Psalms 118, verse 9. I'm just going to read this verse for us. It says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Um, actually, I might go back. I'm going to go back to the start of this chapter because I actually think it's a really beautiful, beautiful section. So Psalms 118 verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let Israel now say his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say let his, uh, his mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord now say his mercy endures forever. I called on the Lord in my distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can men do for me? The Lord is for me. Uh, the Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Mm. I think this is a really interesting tie-in to what we're talking about with King Ahaz. We were just discussing how he is a man of fear rather than a man of faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, there's this kind of this beautiful aspect going, I caught on the Lord in my distress. He came. And set me in a safer spot. There's a big difference here in the way we choose to respond. Um, yeah, when God calls us, like to go, hey, trust me. As much as you're able, mm. trust me. I do the rest. Mm. Look at the attitude um, of this writer here. The Lord is for me, so I have nothing to fear. Yeah. What can mere people do to me? Yes, the Lord is for me. That that confidence. He yeah. will help me. I will look in triumph at those who hate me. That's, That's imagine yeah going into just every situation in life being like well the lord is on my side. Yes. What have you got? Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like go on problem come at me show yeah. me what you got because <laughs> I've got Jesus. <laughs> and and not in an arrogant way. I don't mean to be like we can just walk into any situation. Like there are times we stitch ourselves up mm. with consequences because we walk into situations we shouldn't be in. Yeah. But it's being, it's being aware of who you are and being aware mm. that you need God and being aware that he is God and He it, there is nothing to fear yeah. when you're with God. Like. Yeah, which is really uh, counterintuitive to humanity, yeah. I think, because we do have situations that they're just scary. Yes. Sometimes it's really scary. Yeah. And the natural human part of our being is just like, no, no run away, be terrified. Yeah. <laughs> and so often we see God going, mm, but if I've called you to this, I'm going to stand and fight on your behalf. Mm. Like, what are you being scared for? Don't be scared. Yeah. Like, I've got you. If, in fact, throughout the Bible, God is constantly saying, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for mm. I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that's not just one verse. That's many, multiple verses throughout the Bible. God is constantly saying, do not fear, I am with you. Don't worry, I'm right by your side. I go yes. before you, I am with you, I go behind you, I protect you on all sides. It's That's, that's what God promises and that's what he's been doing uh, since, you know, Forever. <laughs> mm. And you, this goes back to a comment you said far earlier, 
but about there's a difference between knowing God. Uh, yeah. What'd you say? Same about difference between knowing God and knowing something in your being. Yeah, yeah. Experientially, right? Because I think the fact that we have stories like what we're looking at in Isaiah, it's really interesting to me that as humans, we can have these stories mm. and we can go, bro, that's not the choice you should make, you know? <laughs> uh, but how does it look in my life? Mm. I can do the same exact thing thinking that I have, like, I'm a bit wiser than this guy is. Well, am I though? Mm. If I was in his position, what would I do? Yeah. And also, what are the small steps? Because often, I know we've talked about this before, but often we, or at least I know I have defined, um, you know, the, the, some experience as this one defining moment. You know, often you hear, not always, but people will share their testimony. And it's like, this was the moment they gave their heart to God. And it is. But what were the small steps along the way? Often it's not just out of the blue. This is the one big moment or the one big, I'm I'm gapping it. I'm out. I want nothing to do with. Often it's these, the small steps that you take, the small instances where God asks you to trust him. And you're like, actually, I'm afraid I'll go do it myself. Mm. Actually, I'm angry. I'm going to go for, fight my own wars. Mm. Actually, I'm insert whatever you want. Yeah. Or on the flip side, yeah. God, I'm real scared and I don't know what to do and I don't have the strength. It's really true. Like what you said, when we choose to allow, I guess when we choose to have faith in God in the small things, mm. we can have faith in him in the bigger things. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, yep, I I concur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good, good. Uh, we're going to read Second Chronicles 28, verse 20 to 25. Um, just continuing on this idea, this... Um, oh, what's the word I want? It's not the tension, but it's kind of the choice between either I'm looking to someone else to help me or I'm looking to Jesus. So mm. we're going to go Second Chronicles 28, verse 20 to 25, if you want to read that. Can do. So verse 20. So when T- King Tiglath-Pileser uh, of Assyria arrived, he attacked Ahaz instead of helping him. Mm. Ahaz took our valuable items from the Lord's temple, the royal palace, and from the homes of his officials and gave them the, to the king of Assyria as tribute. But this did not help him. Even during the time of trouble, King Ahaz continued to reject the Lord. He offered sacrifices to the gods of Damascus who had defeated him. For he said, since these gods helped the kings of Aram, they will help me too if I sacrifice to them. But instead, they led to his ruin and the ruin of all Judah. Mm, we must stop there, actually. So the, just the two points I wanted to highlight is, um, as we were just mentioning, verse 22, uh, in the time of his distress, King Ahaz became increasingly unfaithful to mm. the Lord, um, you know, as opposed to the latter. But also the fact that, yeah, someone's come up against him and he's distressed and so he takes he takes from the house of God and goes, oh, maybe this is what you need. Like I'll turn to this other thing. And the king's like, I'm not helping you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give me your treasures. I'll take your treasures. Yeah. I'm not helping you. Uh-huh. And I just, for me, just what I really draw out from this in my, my personal life is where are the places that I'm I'm pleading with to, to offer me life that they're just taking it away, mm-hmm. you know? And that can be anything. That can be a habit. That can be a choice. That can be a person, you know. Mm. Um, and yet God God longs to be faithful for, to us, like, and vice versa. 
You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And you're back on The Breakfast Show with Minnie and Renee. It has nearly come to an end, but not quite because we have a few more things to do. Question of the day. Okay, and today's question is um, around the topic of forgiveness. Is it is it possible to forgive and forget? Is mm. that something we have to practice when forgiving? Mm. What do you think, Minnie? Look, <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Um, let me just say that again. I've talked to quite a few people about this actually, and that's how this uh, how the question came up was mm. because it was part of a conversation. And one of the things we discussed was as humans, it's not about forgetting what someone's done, mm. you know, because it's not about sometimes you forgive someone, you don't want to be stepping back into that same situation, depending on, you know, the circumstance. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we keep uh, both going to speak at the same time. No. And then the question then came up was, but how much do we or should we or can we respond in the same way that the Bible seems to say that God responds to forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So you have verses like, obviously He, um, it's the Bible is very clear that he forgives us of our sins, but then it says he covers our sins, he removes our sin from us, he blots out our sins, he remembers our sins no more, he washes away our guilt and cleanses us. So these are some of the words that we have. He throws his uh, our sins behind his back, um, he sweeps away, as I said, uh, he remembers it no more. He will remove our sin from us from, as far as the east is from the rest. Uh, he'll cast all our sins in the depths of the sea. All of these seem to suggest that God is just holding no remembrance of this. And I'm like, but that does make sense. Mm. And as humans, that, well, okay, here's, here's a thought I have, which you can disagree with if you like. That's okay. This is just a pondering. Yes, yes. But... In this conversation that I was having with someone, we were saying, yeah, it's not possible to forget. But as I started to reflect on different times when I have had to forgive, um, whether for the sake of the relationship or for my own sanity, the the point that it gets to is when I have completely forgiven someone on an emotional level is when I don't have any emotional memory of the event. Hmm. I have the memory of the event but there's not the wounding with it. You know, I can think about it, I can talk about it, I can whatever, and there's no, oh, I can't believe that person did that, or, man, I'm still so sad. It's like, yes, that happened. The emotional memory's gone, if that makes sense. Mm, mm. But, yeah. Yes, you said a but. Oh, no, no, no. And then this is just a, on the other hand, uh, you know, I think that we can make a conscious decision to, hey, God, I need to forgive this person, Mm. and I'm giving it to you while you're still in that place of pain. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think, Renee? Well, I love all the verses that you shared that those were, it really does show how God treats our sins Mm. and he really does um, treat us when we repent. He really does treat us in a way where as if, you know, as if we never sinned, which is crazy, but I'm sure he, I'm sure he doesn't, you know, here's the thing. You remember. That's right. (laughs) You know, like God has amnesia. Amnesia. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you know, I think the important thing is that when someone hurts you, and you choose to forgive them um, is to, I think the best thing is, is learning from those experiences mm. and learning from that. And I don't think you should forget. I think you should learn from it and may it 
you know, process it may allow you to become more empathetic, mm. uh, more understanding, more ha- have more grace, more mercy for people. Um, may it teach you how to like how to teach uh, how to teach people how to treat you, how how you can have your boundaries. So, um, forgiveness is something that we all go through in our lives and it's something we all practice and I don't think we forget but we definitely can remember but reframe it in a way that will help us grow and help others grow um because I think it's a beautiful thing I think the message in forgiveness is a really beautiful thing and it's something that we see throughout the bible thanks for being a part of the faith fm family join our community on facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM